This episode is brought to you by Levitt Pavilion. This summer, check out one of my favorite outdoor concert venues in Denver, Levitt Pavilion. May through October, Levitt is offering ticketed and totally free all-ages concerts. I feel like we just go to anything that's free because it's like the kids can be at the show and it's people aren't weird about it and you can like bring a picnic. It's awesome. Some of the free shows this season include Iskali, Melvin Seals, War and Treaty, Sunny War, Chali Tuna, and more. To RSVP for free shows and buy tickets, plus see the full concert schedule, go to levittdenver.org. That's levittdenver.org. Today on CityCast Denver. Governor Jared Polis and Governor Spencer Cox recently came together and called on the people of Colorado and Utah to, quote, disagree better. But honestly, Salt Lake City started it. No, seriously. Our colleagues at CityCast Salt Lake made the bold claim that Denver is SLC's rival and we're ready to duke it out. Because to us, the Mile High City stands alone and we're here to prove it. Today is Wednesday, July 26th. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. Hi, Paul. Hey, Bree. So, we're not alone right now. <laughs> we're with our colleagues from CityCast Salt Lake, Ali Vallarta, host and producer Emily Means. Hello. Hello, Hello. Denver. You're never alone, Brie. <laughs> also, the, the tone in Emily's Ooh. voice. I feel that. I, I feel the harshness. But we need to even I need to explain why we're even why we're why we're cross pollinating here our shows. Um, We heard that you all want to be our rival city. And we were kind of like, yeah, Salt Lake, who, whatever. But yeah, we heard that. <laughs> But our governor, Governor Polis, did call on us to disagree better. So uh, we want to figure out how to do that. Um, I, I guess I'm going to throw it directly to you, Salt Lake. I, I want to know why you guys think Salt Lake and Denver are rival cities to begin with. Okay, first, Bree, let me apologize for my initial tone and instead <laughs> offer you uh, a, a sign of goodwill from your friends in Salt Lake City here is a metaphorical pink crumble box of cookies. <laughs> and <laughs> and you should just know that this this is really important to us. So, you know, next time you're here, we'll bring you to crumble and, you know, you won't like it, but at least you'll feel the warmth. OK, Ooh. Yeah, let's actually stop there on the you won't like it piece, because I have been wanting to talk about crumble here. Oh, no. It seems like this is like a big thing for you all right now, crumble cookies. It, and uh, it's quite bad. It, what you know, happened? It is. How did you produce this terrible cookie? We're, we're not going to make any excuses for crumble, okay? But just know no. that it's really important to us. It's our official state pile of goo. <laughs> <laughs> I So for listeners who are like, what are you all talking about? Um, we just recently got another crumble. We've we've had a couple locations here in Colorado, but this is a cookie company out of Salt Lake City. And uh, Ali, you sort of just described something about the cookie that I think Paul also didn't like. But what is what is crumble all about? 
I can't believe I opened this can of worms. I'm so I know. Sorry. I, know. <laughs> I was like, okay, let me give you just like the quick cookie rundown, which is basically that Utah is a predominantly, the predominant religion in Utah is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which forbids people from drinking coffee or alcohol. And so our, like, for people who are members and are looking for a way to, like, I don't know, go out and have a thing to do, something that's really popular is, like, this dessert culture. Like, it's almost like sugar is is our favorite drug here in Utah. It's our vice. And so because of that, we have, like, an almost endless number of cookie companies. <laughs> the thing about Crumble, which has thrown its stake in the ground and become sort of like, I mean, they were recently profiled by the New York Times. Like, they, they oh. have made it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so um, they these cookies are like heavily frosted, heavily decorated. There's a million kajillion bizarre flavor combinations. But like what they're kind of known for is being not crispy. Like the center of them is very, very cakey and almost gooey and incredibly sugary. And that's just not a texture or a flavor profile that works for everyone. And particularly Emily and I, who have made it our business to absolutely shred crumble on CityCast Salt Lake every chance we get. <laughs> so uh, please take this token of our state's goodwill as we enter this conversation about why Salt Lake City is, in fact, Denver's most formidable rival. <laughs> Okay. Oh, do you want to save your argument for later or do you want to have it right now? No, I feel like we covered it. I, I liked it. I, I like this gesture. I mean, it's... Uh, but you hate it, the cookie. Yeah, it's a very bad cookie. It's a very bad cookie and I don't respect the cookie, but I like that Salt Lake has this unique cookie culture. That's interesting. That's formidable. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Paul. Well, Thank you. You know, <laughs> we do what we can. Okay, so I'll save the comparisons to uh, your vices to our vices because we can talk about that later as a place that just legalized mushrooms. <laughs> um, but what I, I just I want to get to this like what is what makes us rivals to you guys? Okay, what makes yeah. Denver and Salt Lake City true rivals? Listen, rivals need to have enough in common to challenge each other. And Brie, you cannot deny the similarities between us, okay? It's like, what, an hour-long flight from Salt Lake City to Denver. So regionally, we, okay. we, we are rivals. We've got mountains. We've got skiing. We've got beer and stuff. We've got altitude. We have a dwindling water supply. Yeah. <laughs> We hey. we both have water crises, and uh, I I will say in researching uh, for this show, other people also acknowledge that we are natural rivals. Okay, now I heard on your show, Bree, uh, that you took a little offense to our comments about the Nuggets. I just want to say congratulations on your championship. <laughs> but like the Denver Nuggets and Utah Jazz are the only NBA teams in the Rockies. So there is a natural rivalry there, right? So I don't think you can just ignore it. No, I just felt you were a little dismissive of our crowning achievement of the last 50 years for that team. <laughs> no, I can I can see that it's huge for you guys. Thank <laughs> and you. it'd be huge Thank for us for letting too. us have that. <laughs> Paul, I, I want to maybe you want to talk about the altitude thing, because I feel like you did a little research on. So Denver is the mile high city. We are very proud of being 5,280 feet high. It is a thing that you see on T-shirts and bumper stickers and signs everywhere. But Paul, what did you discover about Salt Lake City's mountain situation? The altitude is just one piece of it. I mean, it's it's a indicative of a 
bigger issue with your point here. And that's that Denver's just way bigger. We have way more people. Our population is like twice the size. Our elevation, like Bree's alluding to, is maybe 25% higher. We're just a little bit bigger and a little bit richer, a little bit more diverse, a little bit better. And that's the feedback we've gotten from our listeners over the last two weeks. And that's people here don't really think about Salt Lake. We've got plenty going on. <laughs> hmm. Well, I mean, I will say I do think that part of the reason that we think of Denver as a rival is because it feels in some way like you all are just a couple years ahead of us in all of those things that you've named, Paul. And so it's like when we're thinking, for example, about growth, right, which for cities in the West is always top of mind, like we often get compared to Denver or compare ourselves to Denver as an example of like a direction we could go in our growth paradigm, right? So it's like we as this growing, growing city in the West are always looking around and sort of site surveying. Like, because I think what it comes down to maybe perhaps, and I don't mean to undermine our own argument here, is like maybe a bit of a lack of imagination, is that like our city leaders and we as residents, when we think about what our city is growing into, instead of imagining something brand new, we feel the need to grasp at other cities around us as an example of the thing we would grow into. And like Denver is the closest straw. That's that's fair. I could see that. I mean, I think Denver itself struggles with that uh, vision of itself. So I wouldn't I wouldn't knock yourselves down too much for that, because I think sometimes Denver has a hard time realizing it's a cool place. I think sometimes we don't realize we're cool and we don't have to be somebody else. But right. um, something else, I <laughs> I went to the bowels of the Internet where all the important conversations are happening, uh, Reddit, and mm. an argument I kept seeing was Denver versus Salt Lake. We both have mountains and we both have uh, outdoor like lifestyle, right? Like that's a, a big thing for you all. Mm -hmm. I, skiing, sure snowboarding, but also mountain biking, just being in the mountains. And the argument I kept seeing was Salt Lake City is better because the drive to the mountains is shorter and there's no traffic. Yeah. And I- I saw that a back lot to this, too. <laughs> did you? The yes. problem that I have with that is like, we are the traffic. So if you're just sending people to Salt Lake because it's better for less traffic, you're just going to make- the traffic. So I don't think that's a great argument. Hmm. Okay. I have to be honest. And, you know, Allie and I, we're both coming from this position of we are not skiers. Um, yeah. And so I don't know how long it really takes to get to a <laughs> ski resort here. We have terrible traffic troubles as well, especially during ski season. But our mountains are just like right over there. Where are your yeah. mountains in comparison to Denver? I mean, to me, they're just right over there. Paul, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I, I saw the numbers. I I understand that it takes a, a slightly less time to drive to the mountains from Salt Lake than it does from Denver. Mm -hmm. One point for us. I, I think we could give it to him, don't you think, Paul? Sure. Hey, CityCast. I'm Jen. I live in Bear Valley, and I think it's hilarious that Salt Lake thinks that they're even in the same league as Denver. I grew up just outside of Salt Lake, and I left about as soon as I turned 18, and I'll never go back. <laughs> Denver has so much more personality, so much more culture. About the only thing that Salt Lake has going for it, uh, and I'm about to piss a lot of people off, is you can get to more skiing faster 
and it's better skiing. So if you want to go on a ski vacation, maybe go visit Salt Lake and then come back here and enjoy everything else wonderful that Denver has to offer. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. Because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade. Hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I would like to know, who do you all think Denver's rival is if it's not us? Oh, man, I'm such a Denverite. I generally don't think about anyone else. I We are the best. I don't know. Paul might have a better answer for this. No, I, I feel the same way. I, I really feel like Denver is so isolated here on this like western edge of the high plains. Mm. There aren't good comps for us. It's a very mm. unique place, Denver. Isn't this oh, yeah. the argument Allie was making, which you all totally shot down? <laughs> that people from Denver are like, oh my God, Denver is the best place ever. We have the longest beards and (laughs) the best chains. And you all all co-signed her argument. Well, okay. I guess when I think about Denver, the Denver that Allie was describing is the Instagram Denver. It's not the Denver that I know. And so Mm. when I think about what makes Denver incredible, it's like our arts community and our history of activism. And I mean, the food too, for sure is something I think about all the time. And so I would just say I don't co-sign Allie's argument for the version of Denver that I feel like is sold to people outside of the state. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Paul, what do you think? No, I I think the same. Like you all on your show have talked about how uh, national media so often looks at Salt Lake City through the lens of Mormonism. Yes. Denver has that similar thing going on with the last 10 years of this big population explosion where a lot of like young affluent millennials have come here and that's the Denver people know when they think about Denver today. But it, mm-hmm. like Bree said, it's so much richer. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't think, I don't know. Yeah. That's- well, and those young affluent millennials tend to be obsessed with public transit. And I do feel like that's why if I were to name something that I think contributes to a rivalry between our two cities, it would be that you all have made some transit decisions that I think we as a city are a little bit jealous of. And I don't know, maybe we're going to get the Olympics in 2030 or 2034, <laughs> and that will lead to some exciting like transit projects. But like we would love our Rio Grande terminal or like former sort of now defunct train station to look like your big mm, Denver train Union station. station. Union mm. station. That is like very real for us in this rivalry. 
You're hitting. We want what you've got. (laughs) But you don't know what we have and if it's really what you've seen or have heard it to be. But Paul and I might disagree here. Paul, you know what? I want you to make the case about our transit because you know how I feel about it. I I feel the same way as you. Our transit system is not great. It's (laughs) underfunded. It doesn't serve enough of the city well enough to achieve our climate goals. But Union Station specifically is is beautiful. I mean, what an achievement. That's yeah. that's a point of pride for our whole city, I think, is that historic, the renovation of yeah. that historic icon that has become such a centerpiece for a new downtown, which, you know, not as many people are enjoying as they did before the pandemic, but still, it's, it's very beautiful. It, it, and walking down there in the morning, heading into work, going through downtown and seeing the buzz, and then... Oh, you turn right and it's like that big, beautiful orange Union Station sign. It's makes you feel good. That's that that paint that picture that Paul just painted is absolutely lovely until you walk into Union Station and you need to use the bathroom and they make you buy something. Oh, you don't have public bathrooms either. (laughs) Whoa, (laughs) we have so much in common. (laughs) I do want to make a kind of a more sweeping point about our rivalry, because this is something I've been thinking about a lot, which is that. And I don't mean to undermine Emily and I's, you know. For the second time? Reason, raison d'exist here. But I think that what we actually have in common, Salt Lake and Denver, that I think fuels for us in Salt Lake, or at least for Emily and I, this sense of rivalry, is more about how people view us both externally than how mm. we view ourselves. And in that way, I think our rivalry might be a little bit more existential Mm -hmm. because someone said something to me that I thought was so interesting a couple weeks ago, which was Salt Lake is what people on the East Coast think Denver is as these two cities in the West that are the product of an ongoing manifest destiny. (laughs) um, We are we have become arrival zones for a lot of people who want to make a new life in a different part of the country or the world. And what those people expect when they land in each of our cities, I think, is unusually similar given how different our cities actually are. And I think that, like, I think transplants in some way are kind of fueling this debate more than locals (laughs) would. And so that's like kind of also how I'm thinking about about this rivalry. Um, but I don't know how you all feel about that that take. I mean, you brought up the T word, which we don't even barely say on our show anymore, which is transplants. It's so mm. polarizing. Um, you know, I see nuance to that argument, Allie, and I agree with you to a certain extent. I think some folks' vision of Denver and Salt Lakes Um, are similarly informed by external forces. Um, But I still think there are folks that come to our cities that don't have those preconceived notions and actually just come here to make a way for themselves or see it as a really beautiful place and want to be a part of that. And it's like, it's a really hard, it's a hard thing to talk about without alienating someone. But I, I guess I just, I constantly have this vision or this thought of the the Instagram version of Colorado that like makes my skin crawl. But you know what, Paul, I really have to bring you into this conversation as a person from the Midwest who moved here. What are your thoughts on Allie's, Allie's perception or idea? I, I liked Allie's idea. <laughs> Although... I- I do have one listener comment I want to share. 
and maybe Bree, this is more directed at you than our colleagues in Salt Lake, <laughs> but could offer us all a bit of a resolution okay. if you're interested. I'm ready. So this is a listener named Casey B. Um, he said he's from Salt Lake and shared his view on, I mean, he had a lot to say about Salt Lake's uh, insecurities and the founding and Brigham Young and all that <laughs> stuff. He lives in Denver now. But Casey wrote, that said, we've all had struggling friends who need to build up their confidence. <laughs> and in that spirit, I think CityCast Denver should fully embrace SLC as our nemesis city if it will help SLC feel better about themselves. <laughs> and they have a lot they should be proud of. Aw, well, you know, that took a turn. I mean, it went from like patronizing to uh, condescending back to patronizing (laughs) to uplifting. (laughs) I mean, what do you think? Can we be rivals? Will you accept us as rivals? Please, Are you open to being our nemesis? Please think of us. I, I just, I, I don't know. I feel like for me, there's more I want to learn about Salt Lake City because honestly, that sort of Mormon veneer you guys talked about is the thing that annoys me the most is like, that's all people know. How do I get to know what the real Salt Lake City is like? Like, what is the actual narrative beyond that? Because sure, that's one part of it. But how else has your city been informed by the people that have moved there? And I I don't know if I want us to be rivals as much as I want us to learn more about each other. You want well, to be friends? respect each other. I want us to be friends. I mean, I, I in, in researching Salt Lake City for this episode, I learned a lot of things. Uh, you know, didn't know anything really about Salt Lake beforehand, but um, it seems like a pretty cool place. Interesting place. I'm interested in these better cookies that you've mentioned. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> Emily and I will just keep fighting with each other then, but it's been great spending time with you. <laughs> we would I love know. to host you. I didn't know we were so bullish in Salt Lake, Emily, but maybe we aren't good ambassadors for our city because we're just out here trying to pick fight. Real chip on our shoulders. We do the same thing. It's fine. Okay, fine. We'll disagree better. (laughs) Well, uh, Paul, Allie, and Emily, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having us, Denver. Always a joy, Brie. See y'all. Hey, this is Tom from Clayton, and I just wanted to say that I don't think about Salt Lake City at all, and I think most Denverites are the same. There's not really much more to say other than that, and I think the fact that we're talking more about it is just giving them more credit than is due. Thanks. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. Homelessness. More than 9,000 people are living unhoused across the metro region, according to the latest point in time count, which was conducted on a single snowy night back in January. Denverite reports that this year's count is up 31 percent from 2022. Jamie Reif of the Metro Denver Homeless Initiative, which conducts the count, said the major increase in unhoused people is a result of some COVID-19 relief funds ending, an uptick in eviction filings, rising rents, and inflation. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed this show, why not take a minute to tell your friend considering a move to Salt Lake City about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Denver, by texting Denver to 66866. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye-bye.
I mean, I don't know about superior, but it makes us proud. We have our own distinct and recognized variety of Mexican food, like many parts of the Southwest. I'm curious, does Salt Lake City have any uh, unique uh, or traditional Mexican food? It's a great question. Um, <laughs> listen, we have our spots. 